0: Hello, everybody. Welcome, once again, as we continue on the series we're doing called You Have the Words. You Have the Words of Eternal Life. Um, we've been in this series for quite some time. And, um, and so, you know, uh, as a refresher, because last week was Easter, which was very cool, by the way. And actually, I sort of stayed in my series anyway, uh, because we, we talked about Jesus being the resurrection and the life, and uh, something that He says. And so we were in it, but, but you know, with the, uh, the context that we had last weekend, we we were making different points, but uh, thanks to everybody that helped put the Easter services together, we had uh, record attendance in um, at our Easter services, we had an amazing response to the invitation um, we had a great weekend, we baptized 23 I think on Saturday we uh, we had over 1500 in attendance in our four services on the weekend we had a great concert on Friday, Just uh, it was all amazing and like I said huge response to the invitation so we're very excited about that and, now we continue to dig in and press on and, and uh, to reach out and do all the things that God has called us to. We're jumping back into this series, You Have the Words. Um, this is uh, the series, if you remember, I'm talking about things that Jesus said. I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. One, it's always good to talk about what Jesus says. It's just one of those things that you can't really go wrong on. And uh, at the same time, I'm encouraging you as, as uh, one of the devotional tools that you can have. Um, is to take some time and, you know, in the course of a week, say, just really dwell on one verse or one little passage and think it through over and over again. Ask God to um, really help you use your holy imagination to, to work through sort of all angles of, a, of something that's going on in the scripture and, and um, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you so that it changes the way that you perhaps perceive it and, and it's just a, it's a really great thing. So I like to spend some time and, and in the course of a week really kind of dwell on you know something and really think it through. And that's what's been going on in this series and, and I've just been sharing with you my thoughts uh, after I dwell on something for some time. And so um, you know some of my he said some amazing things so far. Remember we started him asking a couple of guys what they wanted and I said he asks us all that and, and uh, that's a great question when you when you understand it's the one who spoke everything into being who's asking you what you want you know my my thought on that is that that where we find life is when we can honestly say Lord I just want what you want and that begins to change things uh, we looked at another um, place where he asked uh, somebody who hadn't been well for a very long time if they wanted to get well and uh, how important that question is and and a question that we need to ask ourselves all the time in every area of our lives last week we uh, or two weeks ago we talked about um, the fact that we have a very real enemy who wants to steal life away from us and that um, Jesus came that we might have full and abundant life and so we're going to sort of um, add back that, that back into where we go today because I think it's just really important and uh, last week we talked about Jesus being the resurrection and the life as we talked about um, the resurrection of Jesus during our Easter services and how he said, I am the resurrection and the life and sort of what that means and today I want to talk about a sort of a paradoxical statement that Jesus makes about real life and so that's where we're heading that's the intro this is the transition bad joke or two here more of a thought I guess the first one what's so fragile that even saying its name can break it? Silence. It's not bad, right? Here you go. Now this one, does. you have to think about this one what kind of cheese is made backwards? Edom, think about it, write it down, it's made backwards, made back. <laughs> you'll get it later, okay, this one you'll get right away, and you'll hate it, why did the man get fired from the orange juice factory, because he couldn't concentrate, no, right. scripture reading here on purpose, thank you Jesus, John chapter 12, verse 24, uh oh that's not it next one That's not the right there we go I tell you the truth unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds the man who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life whoever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant also will be my father will honor the one who serves me blessed be the word of the Lord I want to look today at verse 25 the man who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life fascinating uh, comment that Jesus makes one that really is it's a paradox because it doesn't seem to make sense on the surface and yet uh, it's a powerful Word from the Lord, and and one that is so applicable in our lives that I wanted to dig into it and talk about it. So, hop right in here. First point in your notes is this living for Jesus is awesome, but it ain't easy. Living for Jesus is awesome, but it ain't easy. As followers of of Christ, as I said um, a couple of weeks ago, and touched on the intro, we have a very real enemy who wants to steal our lives away. And um, a couple of weeks ago I said, you know, some of the things he uses, he uses guilt, he uses shame, he uses fear, he uses worry, he loves to use tricks and traps and deceptions because that's all he's got left. He Remember, he was, you know, rendered virtually powerless at the cross. And so he has some tricks and deception that he tries to work on us to keep us from experiencing the life that Jesus came to give us. But another thing that he really likes to do um, is distraction. He loves to use distraction to keep you from experiencing life. And what he would really like to do is to keep you focused on the things of the world instead of the things of God. And, and, and so he, he wants you to be more focused on the temporal than the eternal. And, and so it's, it's him trying to force your perspective into something that, that you don't want it to be. And you know this is a balance because we, we live in a temporary world. Um, but we in Christ have eternal lives and so we we can't It's not like we can just you know ignore the eternal I mean the temporary because it's it's part of what's going on it just can't be our primary focus it has to be part of our focus but not our primary focus and this is this is what happens but what the enemy would like to do is distract you and keep you so focused on the temporary that you miss the bigger picture Again, remember his deal is hes just trying to steal life from you that's all he's got left Um, especially you know once you're in the kingdom Uh, he's he's lost but but he he's gonna go down with a fight and he wants to keep you from experiencing real life and so he he's again he's a master of tricks traps and deceptions and distraction is a big one you know and he loves like I said guilt and shame those are biggies fear and worry those are biggies distraction is another big thing Uh, and and if he can get our focus just off a little bit we miss life the very life that we were called to have in Jesus and it's and and the thing is, it's very easy to get distracted. Um, I, I don't know about you, but it's very easy to let little things in life distract you from the bigger picture. And and this happens all the time because you can be doing really good, and, and, and you know if, if this doesn't apply to you, but you this where you're feeling it's really things are really good. You somebody asked you, it's really good. You know, I'm feeling good. You know, in the, in the Lord, and and uh, and it's it's good. And all of a sudden, you know, something happens you can hear something or something happens in the news or something happens and all of a sudden it just takes you right out of that because our focus moves and now we're stuck again in the temporary and so we need to be aware of that but here's a great encounter to illustrate this this is in Matthew 16 beginning in verse 13 and uh, this is an encounter that Peter has with Jesus and this is a very positive encounter when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. What about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now what I want you to see in that encounter first off is that it's God who reveals to Peter who Jesus is. So at that moment God um, reveals to Peter and Peter is aware of it and picks it up and he gets it by revelation from God who Jesus is and in, in case you missed who Jesus is, Jesus is the Christ which means he's the Messiah, the anointed one, he's the son of the living God. All that's you know, the same thing. And the rock that's being talked about there, my, my firm belief is this, is, is, um, is, is knowing that Jesus is the Christ. That's the rock, and, and it will determine how you live in this age and the age to come. It's the foundation of a life in Christ. And what it does is it reminds us of what's really important, of what really matters, and that it's all about Jesus. And, and so keep that in mind as we move into number two. Because it, remember, it's all about Jesus. It's some about us. Well, I, I almost want to put that in there, but it's all about him, and, and we have to live that way. It's very easy to get distracted and think that it's all about us, and a little bit about him, and that's backwards, and there's no life there. So look what happens. So point two is this, and this is good advice, don't get distracted. It's easy to say, it's a little harder to do, but it's easy to say, don't don't get distracted. And, and look how easy it is in, in the same encounter. Um, it's actually the very next recorded conversation, so if it happens just like that, or if pretty quickly, John records it, he records it this way on purpose, here's the thing and here's another encounter, and look what happens to Peter, Matthew 16, 21, just down a couple of verses, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life, so Jesus is explaining to his guys his mission, this is what has to happen and remember this is Jesus talking to him, the one who created it all, fully God, fully man, Jesus is talking to his guys trying to prepare him for this day, look what happens verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, never Lord he said this shall never happen to you, now I I want you to catch that, it's a pretty significant deal, Peter, Peter, fisherman Peter hangs out with Jesus Peter, begins to rebuke the Lord of everything. They tell him, oh, no, no, you're wrong. Anybody here ever tell God he was wrong about anything? Sure you have. We do it all the time. That's always when we sin. That's what we're doing. And so we've all done it, but it's shocking to watch it happen. And then Jesus turns and says to Peter, now understand, this is a huge change from blessed are you, Peter, because God has revealed these things to you. Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. That's got to be a letdown you're a stumbling block to me and you do not have in mind the things of God but the things of men and then Jesus said to his disciples if anyone would come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me For whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me will find it what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul or what can a man give in exchange for his soul and see, the enemy distracts Peter. What does he use to, to, to distract him? He gets him focused on the things of man rather than the things of God. And, and, and so, you know, we need to be aware of that. Why did Peter get distracted? He'd just been... <clears throat> if you remember, the disciples were constantly arguing amongst themselves who was, who was the greatest and where they were going to be in the kingdom and what that was going to look like and where they were going to sit and who's number one and who's number two and who's number twelve and it was an ongoing and constant argument. That first encounter that I read you was pretty good for Peter because he in front of them all had just been elevated, you're hearing from God on this rock, on that truth, I'm going to build a church, blessed are you Peter you got to know he was feeling pretty good at that moment about his chances as being number one so much so that very next encounter when Jesus begins to share with these guys what's going to happen, he says, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen. You know, part of it is that, that Peter's pretty happy about his position. These guys all think they're about to move into an established kingdom that's going to overthrow Rome, a political kingdom that's going to take over right then, and that these guys are going to be top dogs in the new kingdom, and, and that the kingdom will be restored in their minds to the time of David, because, you know, that's what's going to happen prophetically when Jesus does come back which was, the, you know, the time when the, the, the Jewish people were, you know, at the top of the heap in every way around the world. And so they, they imagine having that thought, well, this is what's coming, and I'm, I've just positioned myself to be right there, the number two guy in this whole process. This is a good thing for me. And now all of a sudden, the guy who you're banking on to make all that happen is saying, well, when I get there, I'm going to be killed, and I'll rise again on the third day. That does not fit with Peter's plans. And he said, oh, no, no, it can't happen that way. And... and you know, Jesus looked at him and said, see, you got your, your mind off of the things of God. You're no longer checking in or listening. You want what you want instead of wanting, you know, the bigger picture and what it's all about. And that's how we get distracted. We have to be very careful that it happens. And so uh, our focus needs to be on the things of God to experience real life. Whoever loses life in me, he said, will find it. Um, what good will it be for man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? So our focus has to be on him. That's the third point. We have to focus on Jesus. This is how we keep ourselves from getting distracted. We focus on Jesus. Hebrews 12 1 through 3 Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning a shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men that you will not grow weary and lose heart focus on him get your mind and your thoughts on him spend time with him you know get connected to him in prayer you, you read and study and memorize the word uh, be a thankful person be an encouraging person because it's only in him that we begin to experience the type of abundant life that we were created for. And 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 all those things that I just talked about will help you stay focused and not distracted. They also by the way will keep you in a spot where where you're less apt to fall into worry, fear, guilt, shame. You get connected to Jesus. You get your eyes on him. You make sure you're spending time with him. You cultivate this relationship by by putting, you know, time into it. You 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 make sure that you're you're connecting in prayer, that you're you're, you're, you know, systematically and, and, and you know, with some sort of plan behind you, reading the word of God. You you, you talk to him. You run your decisions by him. You, you include him in everything, in every part of life, so that you can experience the life that he has for you. And, you know, there's, there's something else in Hebrews 12, and I, I, I like this part of this verse. And it's especially important after, you know, last week and we talked about the resurrection and so many people made decisions and commitments for Jesus. Um, that that it says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. I love this thought because you know you have to look at that, that, that he went through it for a purpose, and it was for the joy set before him. And you think, well, what was the joy, you know, set before him? What motivated him to endure the pain and the shame of the cross? and you know you you could well was it sitting at the right hand of God was it being restored to glory see the whole thing is he already had those things before he willingly became human Um, I don't believe that's his motivation he'd already had that Um, the reason that he came and lived among us and and went to the cross um, his mission was so that he could end up with something more than he had when he came and that something is you you were the joy set before him he went to the cross and he was thinking about you you were on his heart you were on his mind your face was what he saw he did it for you and just for you and he would do it again just for you I mean that you need to know it was just for you you were the you were the joy set before him and and so I I want you to think about that because I, I think sometimes we can sort of get distracted from that truth we, we can begin to think, oh, well, I just kind of got in. It really isn't that much about, you know. It's, it's, but it, he did it for you. You were the joy set before him. You're the reason that he willingly endured the cross and everything that went with that. He did it for you. And and since he takes such great joy in you, um, you're going to find life by focusing on him and, and understanding, you know. So, so focus on him and don't get distracted. and And remember, you know what I said from the, from the very beginning and and I hope you will think about this is this way to think about this whole thing living for Jesus is awesome but it ain't easy you know sometimes we're gonna have to not do what everybody else is doing because it's not the next right thing sometimes we might have to you know uh, help others you know do things that maybe we want to do or we're gonna have to rejoice with others that are doing things that we would and all those things are all part of it in, in just finding the life that he has for us. But it's as we get to that spot where our eyes are on him and we're not distracted and we're, we're not fearful and worried and anxious that we begin to experience the life that he has for us. His real full and abundant life that he came to bring us. So you know think about those things this week. I, I'd ask you to consider that, you know, that thought. Life in Jesus. It's awesome but it's not easy. And um, also think. Spend some time this week really thinking about being the joy set before him. That, that you were the reason that he endured the cross. He did it because he loves you and he wants to be with you forever. And let that impact the way that you think and, and impact your focus because that's an eternal thing and it's an amazing thing that God loves you that much. But that's good for, uh, for tonight. If you're watching my video or on TV, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to our website. There's a place to put prayers in or you can call us. We'll be happy to pray for you. Love to see you here soon. God bless you guys.